James chapter 1 I'll read the whole chapter then we'll consider verse 22 to 25 James chapter 1 James a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in the dispersion greetings count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him but let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord he is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation because like a flower of the grass he will pass away for the sun rises with its scorching heat and with us the grass its flowers falls and its beauty perishes so also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial for when he has stood the test he'll receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him let no one say when he's tempted I am being tempted by God for God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire then desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death do not be deceived my beloved brothers every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures know this my beloved brothers let every person be quick to hear slow to speak slow to anger for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like but the one who looks into the perfect law the law of liberty and perseveres being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts he will be blessed in his doing if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart this person's religion is worthless religion that is pure and undefiled before God the father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world let us ask God for help once one more time father we thank you for your word we pray that it will be of great encouragement to those to whom encouragement is due it will be a sharp rebuke to those who are languishing in sin we pray that those who do not know you will be pierced by this word will hear your word and seek to do it we ask in Jesus name Amen
today we'll be considering verses 22 to 25 and I've titled my message hearing and doing the word of God hearing and doing the word of God the first thing in verse 22 I'd like us to see is to be doers of the word be doers of the word that is verse 22 and then verse 23 and 24 to be merely a hearer is to neglect God's word to be merely a hearer of God's word is to neglect the scripture and then thirdly doers will be blessed that is verse 25 doers will be blessed so the first thing is to be doers of the word verse 22 to be merely a hearer is to neglect God's word verse 22 and 23 and then lastly verse 25 doers will be blessed we saw in verse 18 that believers are saved by what means it says there by the means of the word of truth by means of the gospel that you had the message of the gospel and it was the will of God he says there of his own will he brought us forth from the word of truth it was the will of God that that he will save us and he uses the means of his word and he says that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures and that is what saving faith is. That is what real faith is. Faith that comes through salvation should lead to a transformed life. For a Christian, we've already, we already, we've already looked at two themes in the beginning of this uh, chapter. The theme of trial and the theme of temptation. And we have tried to look at the response of this true faith in response to trials in their life, with response to temptations in their lives. And today we continue to the kind of relationship a believer should have in relation to the Word of God. James is not telling us how we should live he tells us how believers live this is expected of every believers we've seen that genuine faith responds to trials in a certain way to temptations in a certain way then we come to verse from verse 19 to 27 and he tells us how a believer responds to the word of God When you're born again, you have new desires, you have new attitudes, new appetites. Salvation is a divine miracle, it's an act of regeneration. It is so powerful that it can never be hidden. We look at the believer's response to the word of God and we should ask ourselves, do we really know Jesus Christ? Have we been birthed into this family of God? And has the word of God accomplished this in my life? We saw the issue of sinful anger in verse 19. It says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. We saw there first of all that for a believer they should have a teachable spirit. The believer in listening to the word of God they should be quick to listen. In listening to the word of God they should be slow to speak. They should be slow to anger. When the word of God is offensive they are not to be angry. They should instead learn in meekness, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Verse 21, therefore put away 
all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. For a believer, he receives the word of God with a teachable spirit. He's willing to learn, he's ready to submit to it. Then verse 21, we saw the right condition there. The right condition for the word of God to thrive in your life. What must happen? They must put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. And when that happens, what is he able to do? He's able to receive with meekness the implanted word. The word of God is able to bear in his life. Sinful anger, as we saw, because of truth. You hear the truth, the truth of God's word and you are angry. The Bible says here yeah, it does not produce the righteousness of God. So we ought to have a right attitude. You should be ready to hear, ready to be taught, not angry when the word of God exposes your sin. Because we know that the word of God is the expression of God's love. The word of God is a reflection of his attribute. And so the goal for a Christian is that this righteousness of God be built up in his life. Anger does not achieve that. We take the word of God, it brings correction, it brings discipline in your life, and you should receive it with meekness. And so we We've already seen that we receive the word of God with the right attitude, with the right condition. And then we come to verse 22. Verse 22 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. We come to verse 22. It's important that we do not skip an important word there. It says, but, but do what? Prove yourself doers of God's word. We have a contrast here. If, you if we are believers and we need to respond rightly to the word of God, responding to it with the right attitude is not enough. Responding to it with the right condition is not enough. What is needed is an action. There must be a, this addition which is necessary in the life of a believer. You are simply not hearing and listening and learning. But the word of God says here that you also are doer. If you're not continually putting into practice the things that you're listening and learning from scripture then you're not a receiver of the word of God you may think you are but you're not you must be a person whose life is changed by what you hear you must be able to submit to the Bible sadly in most churches people will not hold you accountable to the scripture you can do what you want you can speak however you want and no one is ever going to question you no one is ever going to measure you by the standard of scripture the Bible says if you are a kind of a person who hears the word of God and does not do it he says you're deceiving yourself. So what does it take to be a doer of the word of God? The first thing, for you to be a doer of the word of God, there should be a sincere examination. There should be a sincere examination. You should be able to take the word of God and examine your life according to what it teaches. When you hear a sermon, when you read your Bible every day, when you come for the Friday fellowship, are you comparing your life according to what is taught? Sadly, do you know what we often do? We listen for the purpose of addition, 
and not for the purpose of action. You should be able to ask yourself, have I ever put into action what I'm being taught? You see, hearing the word of God, having the word of God even in your fingertips, that does not matter. The question is, am I living this right now in my life? So to be a doer of the word of God, I must have the kind of the kind of a sincere examination in my life. Am I walking in this? Am I living in it? And then secondly, the second requirement in looking at being the doer of the word is that there should be a humble effort in your life. There should be a humble effort. Not a boastful effort, but a humble effort. It is a command that requires an ongoing effort to keep on striving, to be doers of the word. It is a lifetime thing. We never get to a place where we cannot do as the word of God says. We never retire from being a doer of the word of God. You see, this is a striving to live your life according to everything that is taught. See, this is a mark of true salvation. A true servant of Christ seeks to obey the word of God. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 3, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 3, the Bible says, And by this we know that we have come to know him. By this we know that we have come to know him. How? If we keep his commandments. He says that. We know that we have come to know Christ, to know God. If what happens in our lives, we keep his commandments. And then he says, whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this, we may know that we are in him. This is a true evidence that we are born again. And then he, verse 6 says, Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. If we say we are followers of Christ, what should happen? Christ-likeness should be manifested in our life. So the one who says, I've come to know him, he's deceiving himself. He says there, he's a liar and the truth is not in him. The one who says, I love God, but does not keep his commandment, is a liar. They're not saved. So if you're not an obedient person to the scripture by your practice, it shows that you're not saved. In John chapter 8, verse 31, the Jews who came to Jesus telling him that uh, they believe him. And Jesus says to them, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples. John chapter 8 verse 31. So here is how you know you're a disciple of Christ. Do you continue in his word? Do you abide in his word? Do you seek to learn that which is pleasing to the Lord and submit to it. See, someone who does not obey the Lord does not know the Lord. Do you know why true believers abide in God's word? It is because the fruit of a person's life reflects the root that is there. The fruit of a person's life tells you what really is there. Every Christian is a person who has been given a new nature. So there should be a new kind of fruit. If the nature has not been changed, sorry. If the nature has not been changed, the fruit will not be seen. So there's no, if there's no new nature, there's no fruit. Do believers obey the Bible? Yes. Do, do we do it perfectly? No. We fall short. But we strive. And what, that is what we are urged here, to be consistently striving, to be doers of the word of God. And we strive by the grace of God, depending on the Lord. 
as we hear the word we compare our lives according to the scripture and we seek to submit to what is taught and we pray to God to help you to submit to that word because without the help of God unless the Lord builds the house those who build it labor in vain Psalm 127 verse 1 it's only through the Lord that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. God is able to do in our striving. So there must be action in addition to your attitude, in addition to your condi to, to the right condition. So unless you're, you're living according to the, you're not living according to the word of God, you're not a doer. So we see here the first thing, the contrast. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So there is a kind of a character described here. Is a kind of character put on display in verse 22. Notice that James doesn't say, do the word. He doesn't say, hear the word. But he says, be a doer. Meaning, it is a continuous aspect of your life. It is a lifestyle. It is not, you do the word and then, tomorrow you don't do. No. The idea here is you're a doer today, you're a doer tomorrow. If, if a person was to see the totality of your life, they can say, you are a doer of the word of God. It is not that you did it last year or you did it yesterday. No. This is a character, a lifestyle. So he commands us to be doers of the word of God and it should be a consistent practice in your life. He says they are both hearers. You should be both hearers and doers. What does it mean to be a hearer of the word? To be a hearer of the word means it has the idea of being an auditor of the word of God. In other words, a hearer is a person who comes to hear the word of God and he doesn't have to do anything. It's, it's, it's when you're auditing a class you attend a class you don't have to write notes you don't have to do the assignments you don't have to do the cuts you're just there to audit you're just there hearing that's the idea there of a person who hears the word of God but we know very well that if you go to a nursing class and audit all the classes but never do the cuts, never do the exams. You'll, you'll never qualify to be a nurse. The same idea here. If we say that we are Christians, we're always hearing the word of God and we're never doing it. It shows that we are never Christians in the first place. So there should be accountability. We cannot just come to church, hear the word of God, and nothing happens in our lives. The command in verse 22 is to be a doer and the requirement is there must be a sincere examination in your life the first thing and secondly there should be a humble effort a humble effort meaning that you're depending on the Lord Jesus Christ depending on the Spirit to strengthen you to do the Word of God to be a doer of the Word of God is to realize that you cannot sample the word of God. You cannot pick and choose. You cannot do the things that are pleasing to your appetite. Things that meet your taste and leave the rest. A hearer of the word of God is someone who is inconsistent with his attitude towards the scripture. They seek obedience in some areas of the, of the scriptures but there is blatant rebellion against certain portions of the same book. A person may seek to come to 
a Bible study. But they'll go out and drink alcohol. A person may come and attend the Bible study and tomorrow they continue taking bribes. You show them from scripture, like Exodus 23 verse 8, and you shall take no bribe, for a bribe blinds the clear-sighted and subverts the course of those who are in the right. And yet they will still not submit to this command. You see, the hearer is self-deceived. He says there, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. How, how does a person deceive himself by just being a hearer of the word of God? This person thinks that there is merit in listening to the word of God. There is merit in coming to church, listening to the word of God, coming to the uh, Bible study, and yet they do not do it. In other words, they are stacking up judgment and discipline by not obeying the word of God. Don't you realize that judgment will be worse if you're only merely hearing the word of God because you're sinning against knowledge? Hebrews chapter 10 verse 26 says, For if we go on sinning deliberately, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. Hebrews 10 26 but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Then verse 28 gives us the example in the Old Testament. He says, anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. And then he says, how much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outstretched the spirit of grace. You see, God is the author of, of the scripture and cannot be willing to listen to a certain portion of scripture and then to another portion you leave. Are you saying God did not write the other portion which you are rejecting? And so, you're deceiving yourself, he says there. You, you have to submit to the whole counsel of God. So we strive to walk in everything that you learn, everything that you hear. To be deceived has the idea of being left to your own senses. You're just alone. You're just alone making your own decisions. It is a false reckoning. It is to miscalculate. It is to record wrongly. It is a gross miscalculation. You're cheating yourself. And the deception could be you think that God is pleased with you because you hear the word of God, because you read the Bible, because you take notes, regardless of whether you put it into practice. You see, if all, is to, if all you, that you do is to hear, that is a false premise. That false premise is leading you to deception. God is not only pleased with people who listen. God is pleased with people who listen and act. Sadly, there are, there are people who have a lot of knowledge about the Bible and, and yet they're the most miserable people in life. They think that hearing is equal to doing. They think that they'll go to heaven because they can memorize scripture, because they know the word of God. They're deceived. He says they are deceiving yourselves. You're deceiving yourself if you're here on Sunday and tomorrow if someone was to ask you what was preached on Sunday you can't even remember the message how 
will you put it into practice if you can't remember what was preached on the previous day? So I pose the question to you this morning. Which of these two are you? Are you a doer of the word of God? Or are you a hearer of the word of God? Which of these two terms best describe you? I'm not asking how much you know. I'm not asking whether you've read your Bible today. I'm not asking how much knowledge you've accumulated or what you've done in the past. You see, there are many Christians who live in the past. The people you meet and they tell you, I, start, I started serving the Lord. I became a pastor even before you were born. They live in the past. This is a question I cannot answer for you. This is a question that is individual. You have to sincerely examine your life. Whether the things you hear are put in the, into practice. And see, one of the ways that you'll know that you're a doer of the word of God is that you'll experience revival in your soul. If you look at Psalm chapter 19, Psalm chapter 19 from verse 7 Psalm chapter 19 verse 7 to 9 One of the ways you will know that you are a doer of the word of God the psalmist says the law of the Lord is perfect reviving the soul the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true, and the righteous all together. More to be desired than they that than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings from the honeycomb. Do you desire the word of God more than you desire gold, more than you desire money, more than you desire success and comfort in this life? That is what it means to be a doer of the word of God. There's a sense in which the word of God renews you, it revives your souls, it uplifts your soul. the person who is merely a hearer experiences regret, regret of deception. They are self-deceived. And this is true even in family setup. You see a family raised up in, children raised up in a godly a godly home they go to a biblical church and then the children grow up and the parents wonder why are my children going astray it's because part of the reason could be the thing that was taught in church it was never put in practice at home the children are able to see mommy and daddy doesn't do, do not do what is taught on the pulpit. They do not submit their lives to the scripture. And you see, when children see that, they, they hate Christianity because it is hypocritical. All you do is go to church and hear, and at home, this message your marriage is not submitted to the word of God. Your education is not submitted to the word of God. Your resources, your money is not submitted to the word of God. Children can see that. So the Bible is not simply something to be listened to. It must be obeyed. And sadly, the worst kind of loss on the day of judgment is for those people who thought that they were believers 
because they simply had the word of God. The fact that you have no desire to do it means that you have not been changed. These people have a form of godliness without the power thereof, as we're told in the scripture. You see, the fruit of the tree shows what is in the root of the tree. So when there is no new nature, there is no new fruit. You see, that's the worst kind of deception. James, on the other hand, has a high view of the word of God. He says, the word of God has the power to save your souls. Verse 21. And this word is not merely to be heard, it must be done. And that actually is very dangerous to simply hear the word of God because you'll be prone to deceive yourself. You're prone to think that because I've gone to church, because I know I can articulate the gospel, therefore I'm a Christian. Because I come for the Friday fellowship, I read my Bible, I pray, then I'm a Christian. You see, it is dangerous. And sadly, that will count for nothing on the Day of Judgment. James is saying here, you do, not, you do not get any credit for auditing a class. You cannot just simply hear the word of God and live as you please. That word has to transform you to be a doer. And if you think you're spiritual because you simply hear you're deceiving yourself, James is less concerned about the number of sermons that you hear, the number of times you read your Bible, the number of chapters that you read every day. James is asking to see your work, to show him how the gospel is transforming your life. Because, you know, God hates hypocrisy. God hates self-righteousness. So are you a hearer or are you a doer? And then secondly, to be, merely, to be merely a hearer is to neglect God's word. Verse 22 and 23. Sorry, verse 23 and 24. To be merely a hearer is to neglect God's word. Verse 23 says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like you see it's a picture here of what most of us did in the morning before coming to church we looked ourselves in the mirror but he says to look yourself in the mirror intently with a purpose with precision and care he uses an illustration here to show us that we can be this kind of a person you go to the mirror in the morning you look how your hair is unkempt how your face is all gloomy and you decide to do what? You go out of the mirror and you totally forget how you are like and you come to church that way. Surely that is not how we do. He says, if we look at scripture and we go away and forget what is here, it is a picture of that person. Surely we do, we do not get out of our houses when we are unkept and all shaggy. And that should also be the case for us with scripture. We should look at scripture with precision and care, with a purpose, to dig deeper. Sadly, this is the way most of us treat the word of God. 
most of us deal with the things that are before us, before the mirror, and we do not deal with the things that are in scripture, the things that the mirror of God exposes in our lives. So we need to look intently, to look with a purpose, to look at the word of God. And the Bible is like a mirror, and it reflects who we really are. It has the power to reveal who you truly are. It's through the word of God that you see ourselves. And often than not, we do not like God's opinion of us. And that we ought to receive with meekness because the word has the, has the power to purify us, to sanctify us with the truth. As some of us, some of you know about a besetting sin in your life or an habitual sin or an addiction that is even developing in your life. And sadly you are feeding it. You're refusing to repent. You're refusing to address it. What you're doing is to minimize it, to make excuses, and to blame your circumstances. And it is not enough for you to go and tell a fellow brother or a fellow sister of the things you're struggling with. What you're told here in James is to not merely tell others of our problems, but to put in practical measures to overcome such problems. If you're only telling others about our problems, surely we are deceiving ourselves. So the word of God is, is not superficial and shallow. When you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you see a black spot on your face, you will look intently with a purpose to try to remove it, to, to try to deal with it. The same case should be said of the word of God. When it reveals something in your life, be it deception, be it immorality of any sort, we ought not to stare superficially to it, but we should stare with intent, with a purpose. We should be able to say as the psalmist, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Should be able to say as a psalmist that I delight in the law of God. And you want to meditate on this word day and night. Then notice also it says that verse 24. Oh sorry, that is verse 25. Verse 25, we see in verse 25 that doers will be blessed. It says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer, who forgets but a doer, who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. He calls the word of God the law of liberty. Now, this week as we were evangelizing, we, we met a brother who was acknowledging that to, to follow the word of God is, is restrictive, it is difficult in his life. It's interesting here, the word of God is called the law of liberty, the law of freedom. James is writing here to the Jews who viewed their religion externally. 
If you keep this regulation, then God will be pleased with you. What we have in the New Testament is a new covenant that is internal. For the word of God to be liberating, there should be a transformation in your heart. You'll know that the word of God is liberating. You may be struggling with um, false idea about praying and then you, you hear someone or you, you read the Bible about uh, uh, something about praying and, and, and it liberates you. It gives you freedom. Your heart is no longer unsettled. You see, the truth will set you free, as Jesus says. When the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, the law of God is no longer burdensome. It's no longer a slave to us. You see, it is sin that brings slavery. It is not the word of God. The word of God here is the law of liberty. It will free you from the bondage of sin. As the Spirit of God applies the word of God in your heart, there's freedom. Maybe in the past you were deceived, you are ignorant, but the truth of the word of God sanctifies you. It gives, it gives you freedom. It gives you joy and peace and every kind of blessing. And sadly, it's easy for the world to see the word of God as strict and narrow. But as you grow in your disciplines, in the word of God, you realize that the word of God is truly liberating. It brings blessings to your marriage, it brings blessings to your relationship, brings blessings to your work. You're able to see things from the right perspective. Verse 25 says that this man shall be blessed in his deed. Jesus says that whoever listens to his word and puts it into practice is like a man who builds his house on a rock. So the blessing is not merely in the hearing. The blessing is in the doing. If you turn to Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 Joshua 1 8 says this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success so will the good success and the prosperity come only by meditating on the word of God? No. It says there very clearly that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall have prosperity. Jesus says that his burden is easy and light. In Luke chapter 12 verse 35 you can turn there Luke chapter 12 verse 35 Luke chapter 12 verse 35 says stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. And then he says, verse 37, Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he'll dress himself for service 
and have them recline at table and he will come and serve them. Blessed are those who not only hear but also do. Very clear there that the one whom the master finds awake when Jesus returns today will he find you doing the thing that he has called you to do. He came to die for our sins and for you to be saved of your sins you not only have to hear but you also have to believe and put your trust in him. The difference between a person who is deceived and a person who is a believer is that the believer has a true sense of who he is. He knows from scripture how sinful he is. And so as you hear the word of God, if you have not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, put your faith in him, trust in him, turn away from your sinful ways. And may the Lord bless his word this morning. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We pray that we may not merely be hearers but doers of it. Cause us, Lord, to walk according to what you teach in Scripture. Help us, Lord, for we acknowledge that we are feeble in need of your mercy and strength. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.